Hello everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of A Day in the Life Cybersecurity. My name is Simon Linstead, I'm the founder and host of the InfoSec Live community and today we have, a, have with us an amazing guest, we have Lee Gilbank of AllowList. Lee, please say hello and introduce yourself. How are you, Simon? Hello, everyone. You've got this down looking right at that camera. I just stare at your picture every time. Got, yeah, it's really hard because I can't look and see what you're doing as well. So it's quite <laughs> difficult. The thing is, though, when I know we're going off track, but when you talk to people about the importance of active listening skills, it's difficult to not then practice what you preach when you're talking to people. So whilst it's uncomfortable staring at the camera that's four inches above your picture, I'll keep yeah. doing it. So you can pull faces at me all day if you want, and I won't have a <laughs> Um Anyway, Lee, you head up a couple of businesses. You've been in the industry for a while. Um, this series is about trying to open people's eyes to the different routes and options there are to get into the cybersecurity industry, rather than just focus, uh, focusing on the traditional red and blue. So would you share with us um, not only a bit about yourself, but a bit about your journey from school through work as well? Yeah, no worries. I'm, I'm going to try your trick and look up here, but I'm not convinced it's going to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, as, as Simon said, um, I'm the kind of founder and I run uh, two businesses and they intersect quite well. So I've got your CyberSec and I've got AllowList. Um, your CyberSec was the first one I set up in 2019. And that's that's with my wife. Um, that um, I love that one. That's fantastic. It's, um, it's all about the procurement and working with businesses and kind of do market research and helping them that way. Um, and then allow list I set up in 2020 in the middle of the um, uh, pandemic and um, with two guys, um, one called Stuart Barker, who's um, very well known within the industry. He's built up and sold information security companies before. Yeah, he's an ISO consultant, GDPR, SOC 1, SOC 2. Very, very clever guy, uh, much smarter than I am. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> One of his friends um, is a guy called Adam, who he does branding and imagery. And um, if you want the definition of like kind of what cool looks like um, for everyone, like it's him. You know, he's he's got he's got the style, he's got the beard. He's, he's just a good-looking guy. My, my role for both of these is the sales and the customer experience and dealing with the people because that's the part that I love. Um, and that's kind of that, that's been my whole journey is working with people, and that's what I enjoy doing. So much as I'm from Yorkshire and, you know, I'm not the most social of people. Uh, <laughs> if I get on with people like yourself, Simon, it works well. Um, I, I disagree. But... I mean, we've we've been um, chatting on and off for a few months uh, since I joined the industry. And we've both got that in common in, in as much as we believe in the importance of people in the industry. Um, tell me about what brought you to that. So where was Lee before he joined this industry? What's happened in your life to make you a sales or people person? I mean, I followed the very generic crew that a lot of people follow to get into cybersecurity. Um, I left college um, and I started an accountancy apprenticeship. Did that for like three years, realized, oh, no, this is dull. I don't like this. <laughs> there's not enough, there's not enough interaction. It's staring at receipts all day. I mean, I work, for, I work for some, with some fantastic people, but oh, no, accountancy, not for me. So then I went and lived in Vancouver for a year where um, we were there during the Winter Olympics. Nice. That was amazing. Um, I worked in a sports store, apart from it wasn't like JJB. We had a climbing wall, we had an indoor driving range, chipping thing. Um, I worked in sales there, really, really enjoyed it. I, I was known as the British guy, um, which is quite cool. Everyone coming in saying, oh, you must be from London. I'm like, no. Nope. Ne nearly. Like, yeah, you must go all the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> from north. Uh, not, not, you know, not to offend people from further north, but yeah. <laughs> 
Um, then came back, um, became a personal trainer for two, two and a half years um, because we wanted to go back to Canada. Um, we didn't, me and my now wife, um, we didn't qualify because of our age. We didn't go to university. We weren't married. So it's that whole, right, what do they need? Yeah. They needed fitness instructors. So trained up with that. Just as I was reaching the length of time needed, they changed what they needed. So uh, at that point, you know, we were, we wanted to do, they wanted to have children, start a family and, you know, start a life. So I was like, right, I can't live on personal trainers thing where in the summer you're doing really well. And in the winter, when the pipes at the gym's freeze and you still have to pay stuff is, you know, it, the, the salaries weren't there to be able to do it. So then I jumped into doing IT and um, security. And I started at sales, started in cold So when, when was that, Lee? How long ago was that? Obviously, when, obviously a while ago, you can't remember. Yeah, 2014-ish, <laughs> yeah. I think. I think. Time. 2013, yeah. 2014, around that time. I'm not yeah, going to test um, you, it's just a question. Yeah. You didn't tell me to revise for this. Sorry. Time, yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep yeah. the question simple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from the, it was cold calling, um, 140, 150 calls a day. Um, and then moved companies, um, to get into security, um, also in penetration testing, compliance, um, vulnerability management, that type of thing. Um, and yeah, just kind of worked my way up before. Took the leap uh, with my wife to start to start the first company or CyberSec, and then got approached uh, by Stuart to come help him uh, set up Allow List, which is going from strength to strength as well. Let's just take a step back. Um, why why the leap? Why the leap? Um, part of it was I wanted the I wanted a really good you know family home life um, i've got two little ones so working from home being your own boss it's fantastic um you know if i want to take the kids to school i can take them to school if i want to pick them up i can go pick them up i can take my eldest to swimming lessons if i can't be asked working for the day i don't work if i'm honest can i can i play can i play devil's advocate here because i agree with you completely about all of those things but let's go back to the first two years of you setting the business up, Lee, and bring some reality to that situation. <laughs> has it has it always been that easy running your own business? Well, the first year we actually did pretty well. Um, we didn't do too bad. Um, we, we, we made some very good contacts. Uh, we won some good business. Um, we won one, two. I think, I, think I meant, I, I, I wasn't really talking about the business side. I was kind of talking from my own past experience where- you having the freedom your life becomes consumed by it and that then uh, you know whilst whilst you might be doing all yeah. right with the money what you're not doing all right with is all the things you mentioned to start with which was the spending time i'll be honest I, yeah yeah i'll be honest i kind of made the time um because i was i was like I've, I've, I've done it where i had to work from half seven to half seven i was like i was like i want to go up and play an xbox with the boys and stuff i yeah. just, i worked out being an ex-accountant um i had a the most beautiful you were, spreadsheet. You were modeling, weren't you? You were modeling. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I had the most beautiful spreadsheets. I knew what income, what outgoings, what incomings, what I needed to earn, what my margins had to be. Everything, oh, it, it's- I bet, I bet you don't even use a software for cash flow modeling. You create your own spreadsheet, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Jeal slightly jealous here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I did that, so I kind of knew where we had to be. So the way I worked is usually the first couple of months, uh, first couple of weeks, type thing, or like the first months, yes, it was a bit of a slog, but um, it, it, it never felt, it felt like work, but it felt a different type of work. When you're working for yourself and you've kind of, you've got that 
freedom and that responsibility is on yourself, but you can be a lot more proud about what you're doing. It was fantastic. Um, and you've got you've got your own direction as well, haven't you? You make your own decisions, I think. Yeah, and, and you, you can put a lot more heart into what you're doing when you're speaking to people. And I think that comes across in a lot of the things as well. Um, so yeah, it was stressful, but I kind of like, right, I know this month we need distance margin because we've got this expense, we've got the car servicing, we've got this. I, I kind of, I took everything into account, you know, we've got, you know, Apple Music subscriptions that need paying, I've got my- well, You see, here's, here's, here's the lesson, because not everyone's like you, Lee. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't like you, that's for sure. And preparation and planning is crucial to that business succeeding and making sure that you do run those cash flow forecasts and you don't spend all your money on branding and marketing logos and websites before you've worked out what your route to market is or whether you've got any customers. Yeah. And that isn't cyber security, that's business acumen and sales that you've learned yeah. through, through yeah, previous yeah, years. It's like, it, yeah, it's like some of the things that went out before we even decided, yes, we're gonna do it, is we spoke to other small business owners who have been doing it, said, right, you know, what's worked for you, what hasn't worked for you? Um, and then we got quotes for, right, if we wanted to have a website design and do this, how much is it gonna be? So we kind of knew roughly what startup costs we were gonna need um, and, you know, to kind of cover. And one of the things that helped us take the leap is being honest, we, we remortgaged at the time and yeah. paid off the paid off the cars and stuff. So our outgoings just plummeted, yeah. which was fantastic, which gave us a lot more freedom to kind of go, go for this. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, we're, we're the same. Um, we've got no car leases, you know, we've got a second hand car. We live, I suppose you could call it quite a frugal existence, but what that does allow, even though we haven't got a lot of money all the time, we survive. And I know we can survive no matter what I'm doing at the moment with regards to trying to grow what I grow. And yes, that's a crucial, yeah. crucially important part of that. Yeah, perspective. I mean, too, too many people, Lee, try and continue that lifestyle from taking that big salary job to when they then jump into running their own. And I know yeah, what happens there. It, it doesn't work. I mean, um, I, I, we live very comfortably, for being honest. You know, I mean, I got a bike behind me. Um, that, that's what I do. I don't go out. I don't like going out drinking. Um, I, I'd rather stay at home and drink drink a bottle of wine, have uh, have burgers, or do a jigsaw, which we're currently doing with with the missus. Our dining room table is taken over by this jigsaw. Is it um, ten or twenty five piece? Because uh, uh, there's two of us, it's fifty. It's. <laughs> well, I'm mocking you, but my wife has got her own jigsaw tray actually that she lays on the bed and it folds it up. So you can put yeah, it away. Well, yeah, we went. We went and bought a jigsaw <laughs> mat a few weeks ago. Oh, oh, you're getting as old as me. My word. Yeah. Oh. Let's let's go let's go back because I want to talk about um, all the experience you've got and how you brought that to the cybersecurity industry. I talked to I've talked to dozens of cybersecurity professionals who are trying to go from being employed to bringing their own personal brand or proposition to the market. I think a lot of them underestimate how difficult that is. Um, having yeah. the technical skills isn't enough to win contracts unless you've got that network. How has yeah. what you've learned helped you build what you've built and what have you built? Yeah, so the, the way that we work, let's like allow this um, and, and whatnot. We, sounds weird, like, we don't necessarily have the technical skills to do the job. We are, where there is the fixers, where we've been called fixers, concierge, brokers, procurement assistants. So we work with people where they come to us and it's, you know, like someone says, I need a pen test. And I'm like, okay, right, well, I'm, I'm not answering that because that, you know, it's 
who are you? Why are you doing it? What's your drivers? What's your locations? What's your costs? What's your timescales? So you're fa- um, you're fact-finding, aren't you? You're fact-finding. Yeah, finding. what have you got planned in the future? You know, what, what is the project? Because what I found in the market is, and this is the same in every single market, every industry, you can take it to the bike, you know, the cycling world. If you go into a bike, if you go into Halfords and you say, oh, I need a new bike, they'll say, oh yeah, cool. We've, we've got all these bikes here. These are all going to be perfect for you. It's never, right, well, what type of rider are you? How heavy are you? How far are you going? What type of riding are you doing? Who are you riding with? It, it's, yeah. and it's the same in everything. If, no matter where you go, if you speak, if you go to a company and say, I need a pen test. Okay, yeah, we can do that for you. It's never, right, well, what type of pen test is it? Understand, it, it, under, it, it, or is it NKYC, we used to call it in financial services, know your client. And yeah, so it's, it's taking the time to understand this, you know, if it's a web app test, well, let me find a web app specialist. If it's yeah. infrastructure, let me find them. If you're based in Leeds and it's an, in, it's an on-site test, why am I going to go get someone from Bristol who's going to go, you know, where there's going to be another three, four hundred pounds in expenses on top? You say it's Leeds and Bristol, you, you are, um, you're global though, aren't you? I thought you covered, um, not oh, just yeah, the North. You, I'm saying like, it, I'm, I'm saying this, if, if someone had a thing, it's, but yeah, like, with, with our list, we've picked up and um, worked for companies in, um, we've done, we've done Brazil, Australia, um, Sweden, America, as well as the UK and uh, Ireland and Germany and France and stuff as well. And we've done projects ranging from pen testing to device procurement, ISO 27001, um, 9001 SOC 2, um, helping people with development projects. Because we don't do the technical piece, we're there to help the organizations. And, you know, I'm yet to come across a unicorn IT team that says, we're overstaffed and underworked. We can do all the proper looking at the market that we, uh, you know, that we need to do. They're all the other way around, they're understaffed, they overwork. So it's well, come you, you to talk, us. You've talked a lot about how you help um, the companies that are looking for the work, which I think is crucial to what you do. But I think you, you're under-egging what you do for the companies who are providing the service because... Yeah, so it's like we're with them. So it's when people who need the work come to us, we qualify it properly. So when we say to the organisation, say, look, this is the project, this is what we did, um, this is the company, this is the project. Do you have the skill sets, the time? Can you meet all these requirements? If it's yes, we put that company profile forward to the customer and say, look, this is, you know, this is, uh, these are people who we recommend. We've done the due diligence on them. So, you know, we check insurances, we check certifications, check accreditations, check for any bid reg flags on any accounts, um, you know, any paperwork and stuff that's on company's house and whatnot. We put those forward and then if the customer wants, we then do an introduction. So, you know, it's a, I hate the term warm lead, but well, it is, yeah, it is, it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's slightly, slightly more than a warm lead because you're like, well, we know this person's looking, we know the whole project, it's been scoped. I mean, I've done, you know, um, before this, I've worked on projects from pen testing to full red team and engagements, PCI rocks, um, kind of everything, uh, everything within the market. So I can qualify stuff pretty well. Um, it's having it's having enough knowledge to know a little bit about everything so you've got the perspective of the yeah exactly. I, I can kind of speak yeah. to both sides i'm i'm not technical but i'm technical enough that i can speak to testers and understand a lot of time or use technical is what they're asking and i can put it into layman's terms or yorkshire terms yeah. to speak to <laughs> to put it forward to the customer to help them actually understand because sometimes that, that mean cyber as a word means absolutely nothing no. Well, my, my community is called it's called InfoSec Live for a reason, but I won't go into that. Yeah, but it, even it, it, saying them as I'm an information security expert, it's like, well, what part? Encryption? Yeah. 
You do you do encryption? Do you do testing? Do you do compliance? Yeah, ISO, SOC, PCR? What part of it? Went, um, I do this part. I went, ah, so you're in that part. So how do you expect IT teams and companies to know everything? Oh, we need to do all this big project. Like, well, I don't know what I'm doing with that. Is that so that's where we come in. We understand it and we find the people who can help with that. And we do that initial bit of legwork. So it saves them time, saves them money. And the customer doesn't pay allow this. It's a completely free thing for them to actually use. And the uh, we, we get paid a commission, a referral fee, a brokering fee, whatever you want to call it, by companies when they win the business and they get paid. I take so, it you get you get the same referral fee from any of the businesses that you work with. So there's no bias on re referring across, or how does that work? So that we've got members of our list who they get a that um, they get a slightly well they, they get a better rate um, yeah. on the referrals where. Um, if it's 5% of the margin of a deal. If you're not a member of our list, but we put you forward and you win, or you're on as a free listing, it's 15% of anything you win. But I didn't even I didn't even know you had a free listing. Let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that one's new. So, but it's the way it works is, in the nicest way, we don't care who wins the work, as long as the customer's happy, because then the customer will come back to us for other things. Yeah. It's it's that longevity. We want to build those relationships and build up and build up that way and get get people realizing we're doing this for the right reason. We're doing this for the customer. We want the obviously we want the vendors to be successful because that means we're successful. But yeah. if the customer's happy and and it's it's kind of it flows down and it works well that way. Let's, so, yeah, let's I mean, just can we focus on the the process? You said that you vet the companies that come on board. I'm really interested by that. Um, how do you go about doing that? So. Initially, we always do a call with people so they actually understand what Allow List is. It's in its easiest form, we're a marketing platform um, for, for what people, um, you know, for these vendors and things as well. We don't guarantee ROI. Anyone who says they can guarantee ROI is talking out their ass. Well, with the marketing is what we found as well. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we can't guarantee ROI, but it's a way of, you know, it's another, it gives you three extra routes to market if you use them properly. You've got your actual listing on Allow List, you've got Intermember. So, you know, if you need someone, you can come to me and say, Lee, are there any, anyone else that you know of any other members who do this? I'm like, yeah, cool, there you go, speak to each other. Or you've got the personal shopper service, which is myself. Um, but to get on Allow List, everyone, there's an initial information gathering document um, if you're coming on for a proper listing, or you can go on the website and do it for free, where you, we need things like company logo, we need to validate any, uh, we need to validate your insurance. So everyone who comes on has to have professional indemnity and public liability is a minimum. Yep. And if you've got employees, we do like to see employers liability insurance as well. Yep. And any certifications anyone has, we need to validate and check that they're in date and they are valid. And then we've got standards of those as well. So for instance, if someone says they're ISO, if they're 27,001, it has to be UCAS if you're in the UK. We don't allow ones from other other organizations who offer ISO 2001 certifications. We say it has to be UCAS because there is a minimum level of standards that you need to meet um, to be able to do, uh, to be able to have that badge, you know, to, to have that crown and things on there and stuff as well. And um, so that, so that's what people have to go through. And we have this... had people who have failed, people who haven't been allowed to put up certificates. When we explain it, they understand it um, uh, and, and things as well, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's been going really well, uh, really well. Um, so, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's hugely important. And I think the value of having, I suppose, allow list becomes a little bit like your own marketing department because all the, you know, no disrespect to people in the cybersecurity industry. 
There's a lot of extremely talented people out there technically, but uh, hand on heart, I've met a handful of people in the last nearly 10 months who are gifted with emotional intelligence skills and soft skills. And I'm rubbish at tech stuff. You know, I'm also rubbish at flat pack, but that's another discussion. But I am good. <laughs> it actually makes me sweat and I feel physically sick. My wife does flat pack. You know, I'll cook dinner because I'm a good cook. And I think it's all about focusing on what we're good at. And the more people realize that it's, yes. e it's easier when you, I mean, you said two things. One was the, the fact that you introduced members. So you build up that networking piece. There's a lot of crossover with services. Um, there's a lot of new people coming from employed positions to launch in their own firms who haven't got established relationships with people who do the, the GRC or people who do the, the SOC stuff. You know, they've always been red teamers and having a community or a place where people can meet and refer for that, I think is invaluable. But the key part is the explaining of the service to the end client. You said that you offer the, um, what did you call it? So I just imagined you wearing a dress when you said it. You say concierge. Personal shopper. That's it, personal shopper. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I imagined you with a blonde wig and a dress on, but maybe that's just personal choice. So yeah. I, I think having that, having someone to explain the technical in a non-technical way to people who aren't technical is the bit where most of these firms are lacking. So do you yeah, think that's... Yeah, that's what I mean. And like I said, part of the problem is, is if if you go into Google and you put in penetration test, you're going to get the ones who have paid, you know, for the most part, paid the most to get up there. And you phone them up and it's going to be that exact same thing. You're going to phone them up and say, I need a pen test. Yes, we can do that. Yeah, we web app test. Yep, yeah, we can do that. When do you need to fold then? Okay, boom, what you booked in. Here's your quote, pay us. It's never right. Well, why? What's your driver? Are you making any changes? What's it built on? So you're not guaranteeing that you're actually going to get proper value for money. And because there's so much there's so many different solutions and options out there. It's very hard for the end customer to navigate that now and have the time to and kind of see through the BS, see through a lot of the snake oils. I mean, when GDPR came around, one of the big things that annoyed me, and it happened to me when I set up your CyberSec, um, it's just, you got this snake oil salesman. I had someone phone up when I started my first company who said, oh, I don't know if you know about this. Have you heard about GDPR? I was like, I'm just going to see where this guy's going with this. Yes, I heard of, I don't know much about it. And he starts saying, oh, well, it's something where if, if you if you don't if you don't adhere to it, it's law, you're going to get fined 20 million euros or 4% of your global turnover, whichever's more. I was like, why is that then? Is that an oh, it, it's, it's the same for every company. Um, is that an oh, does it matter on the type of information I hold? No, no. I'm like, well, I was like, I'm going to call you out here, buddy. I was like, you uh, this is exactly what I do is that you haven't taken into account who I am, what industry I'm in, the type of information I'm holding, how I'm holding it, what I'm using it for, you know, what uh, terms and conditions I've got. And he went, and says, this is what I do. He's hung up on me. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that part of the problem is he's just, he's just calling small businesses. And if you call a small, I don't know, salon or something where in theory, you know, they've got personal information, but it's someone's name and a phone number and maybe an email and a type of hair colouring that they use. And how did you know how did you know I use just for men? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how, how but if he's talking to them and he's gonna scare them into buying, you know, paying for stuff that they're not gonna need. Oh. And that was the problem, you know, the amount of silver bullets out there, it annoys me, you know, 
by our firewalls, it becomes GDPR compliant and super secure. I'm like, it's not quite. My quite my favorite favorite real life comparison to that is my nan. God rest her soul. She lived till she was a hundred, and she lived on her own in a little terraced house in Norwich up until she was ninety nine. In late latter part of her living at home, she was sold a full Sky television package with a dish installed. She was registered blind and deaf, by the way. But um, a salesman came around her house and sold her that. The, the one I think before that was the new double glazing that she was sold by the company around the corner. But I did go down there and explain to them the error of their ways and um, why it was so wrong that they'd ripped off a 98 year old lady. But honestly, the people out there are low and there's lots of them, not just in that this industry, well, in all parts of this industry, whether you're looking at the training space, whether you're looking at the, the solutions for big firms, you know, there's all these unicorn solutions for companies. I mean, you, you're back to, we're at the point where unless you're regulated, companies haven't engaged so much smaller companies with cybersecurity until the last few years. And we're seeing this massive awareness between IT providers, businesses who have IT providers, that there's a massive gap in what they're doing. And there seems to be an us and them. I don't know if you see that, but with IT and cybersecurity, with some of the smaller firms I'm seeing, it's becoming a bit of a, yeah, but we're doing this and, but we're doing that. And yeah. surely the IT yeah. and the cyber thing needs to be more like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I think part of the problem is IT support companies in the nice, in, in no, no disrespect to them, when it comes to security, most of them don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And <laughs> it's- You've heard I've, it I've here. <laughs> and I've done a few pieces like, IT support is not the same as IT security. It's not the same. Um, and again, the, the problem is you've got IT, IT support companies. Some of them do actually do security very well and yeah. play to them. But you've got a lot where they look after other businesses and they don't know what they're talking about. And they kind of, these smaller businesses just put all their hope into these guys. And tr it's I, trust. I, it's trust is what it is. And it's shocking. There is a difference between trust and trustworthy. Trust, trusted and trustworthy, they're different things. But I mean, I was at a networking event where um, uh, it was a, uh, it was three letters, began in, began with a B, ended in an I, and then in the middle. I was was it very, was there. it very, was it very structured? And you had to, um... <laughs> oh yeah. mate, I worked in financial services for years. We had to go to B and I. It was like a rite oh, of passage. Not for me, yeah. So I went to, I went to one of these things, and there's a guy who came up to me and says, "Oh, um, yeah, I work for an IT support company, and we do security. All of our customers are 100 percent secure." I was like. I drew that one out, went, oh, well, we deploy watch guards and minecasts so they can't be breached. I was like, I, was like, I really wish the Computer Misuse Act wasn't a thing because I'd get someone to preview wrong by lunch. <laughs> and, but it's like, but then that, that's part of the problem is these guys are then saying this to smaller organizations, you know, to county yep. firms, to, you know, small law firms who hold some very sensitive information. Um, and they are putting their full trust in there saying, oh, none of our customers have ever been breached because we do this and this. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yes, these guys do security really well. I'm like, what if you, you know, if you do get breached, are you putting in place, are you helping with the policies about, you know, um, fraud um, for payments over a certain amount that need to be verified in a certain way? If a customer calls to change, um, you know, their bank details or supplier changes, um, wants to change their bank details, what do they help you put in place the policies for changing these? No. Well, they don't really do IT security then. They're doing IT support. They're saying that, that's what they're doing. They're saying, uh, security goes far outside of that. And 
that's where we're, you know, with Allow List and what we do, it's not just focusing on that one area that people necessarily come to us for. You know, we, we do obviously help with those projects, but it's looking outside of that, it's saying, right, you're doing a pen test, why? You know, you look at doing this, right? Well, instead of spending your money here, why don't you look at doing it this way? I was going to say, do you, do you come across it a lot where, because I know from when I was um, getting work on Upwork for cybersecurity consultants, the job that was posted and the conversation you then have with the person posting the job, it ends up that they need something completely different to what they've asked for. And I think that's one of the big problems. I, I once had someone actually phone me and said, oh, I need a pen test. I was like, right, why? And they said, oh, because I read a BBC article that says everyone should get one. <laughs> no, <laughs> so that's, that's, not, that's not necessarily right. Well, you're in luck. I've got two left. Which would you like? <laughs> yeah, so I was like, right. I was, saying, I was like, let's actually have a look at who you are and why you're doing it. And in the end, what we actually did was we did a vulnerability assessment, which was a fraction of the price, and it had the budget signed off because it said on this article that the average pen test was between five and 8,000 pounds or something for small businesses. So we then took that and we actually got a consultant in who did a bit of review of their current policies and procedures and a few things because that was they had next to no public facing stuff um you know so we, we had a look at other things and they got much more value for money out of it and that's sometimes what it comes down to is these things it's right let's actually get you value for money let's let's help you understand or not let's help you spend your budgets properly um, it's also it, the whole um pen test vulnerability scanning there's a lot of confusion over that for businesses who are engaging as well uh, you know yeah, there is. yeah and i don't and i don't think the industry is helping with that either because there are a lot of um kind of scan and play tools that purport to be without actually saying a penetration test and that in itself yeah, it's, exactly and, uh, and it depends on what definition you go with with stuff it's i mean penetration tests are a fantastic thing but they yeah. are also a point in time thing for instance you know if you did a penetration test in the start of october uh, October 2020. By December, or whenever Log4j was actually came out, who cares? Yeah. This is a bigger problem. It's, like it's a point in time test. So what you're better off doing is putting in a penetration test into a vulnerability management program, which yes. can be stretched over time. And again, it's right, well, don't do one big massive penetration test. If you've never done anything before, there's going to be glaring holes and it's going to be an absolute shower. Your yeah. report is going to be too long. You're not going to know what to do then it's just going to be overwhelming. Let's break it down into stages. You know, let's actually work and look and put something in place that is going to be manageable. You know, when you get the results, are you actually going to be able to do anything with them? You know, if not, you know, how do we work it, looking at this to actually help you prioritize the results? It's back, it's back to resource, it's resources again, isn't it? Because they might be outsourcing the fact they need a pen test, but what about all the remediation work that comes off the back of it? Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. It's like, do they actually do it themselves or do they use an IT support company who actually does everything for them? If you're using an IT support company, um, you know, are they offering you a pen test? Because if they do, don't take theirs. Because, you know, you don't want people marking their own homework. No, you don't. It's as simple as that. It is a simple um, so, but that, that's yeah. the problem. These these I tell feel like I'm slating off IT companies here a little bit, which I suppose I am. But there's a lot of them purporting to be, like you said, knowing what they're doing when really they're trying to protect their own interests of keeping that customer. And I think like any industry, as soon as you get a third party provider or vendor come in, it threatens that existing relationship they've got, especially if they've been 
blowing smoke up the arse of the people they're working for and telling them everything's fine. You know, they know they're going to get their pants yeah. pulled down, don't they? But I'm conscious that, um, as usual, I've been rambling on and I want to talk about your plans for this year because I know you've got some big plans. So let's talk about those. Yeah, so with allow this, we do have a big year coming up. So one of the first things we're going to be launching is something called Cyber Brew. Um, and this is a slightly different take on um, the people who do the 45 minute long podcasts that nobody wants to watch all the time. So, I'm, uh, not, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this bit, so don't worry. About it. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, no, what it is is I'm doing like little five six minute chats and discussions with people within the industry from different sects. So set set sectors. So it's you know I'm doing one on penetration testing, which is called how to be safely penetrated. Um, and with that, it's I'm getting vendors talking about it and users talking about it, and it's it's a little five minute thing. So you know, people can go on; they can just watch five minutes rather than sitting through four people. Five. Do you, people do you need anyone minutes. else? Do you need anyone else for that, or are you fully booked for your? No, I'm, I'm always open to. Uh, I'm always looking for people who want to get on that. So you can come in it from. We're not just doing penetration testing. I've done. We're looking at walls. Uh, we've done and experience versus enthusiasm about you know when you're hiring for a role. Do you want to, or you're going for a role and you're finding it up against? We've got about age over beauty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have called it that. Oh, that would have been brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done. I've just been tested. Should I be worried? Which is about you know, it can be pen test. It can be if you've just had an audit or an assessment in. It's you know, what does it mean? Um, minds versus machines. You know, training your staff versus getting the latest bit of technology in. Um, Response versus panic. If something goes wrong, do you actually know how to respond or are you going to panic? You know, um, but we're not limited to these. If, if people have got ideas that they want to chat about and they've got a fun title for it, I'm all for getting involved. I think I think it's a really good idea. I mean, we're, I, agree, I agree with you as well on the bite-sized chunks. And I just want to cover that off because I'm not going to edit that bit out because I think it's important that <laughs> people, people will digest that more. And I completely agree. The reason for the longer interviews is twofold one to try and give people a deeper insight but two youtube algorithm um the youtube algorithm only picks stuff up over 10 minutes i've been told when it comes to promoting content so hence the reason for <laughs> you just no you need you need you need a mix of it i was given some advice from kevtech it actually who's got nearly thirty thousand subscribers because i was doing um like two minute shorts which was yeah. like two minute top tips, which I'm still going to continue doing because they're valuable, but I'm just trying yeah. to in intersperse it with longer content to not only add a bit more value, but also in all honesty, to try and get more subscribers on YouTube. Because for me, it's a way of monetizing and keeping my community free. And I think for you, whilst you're not looking to monetize video content, it's a great way of engaging more people as well, isn't it? And everything you've said today, Lee, you, you are one of the biggest subject matter experts in the UK for helping businesses link up with. No, honestly, I'm not blowing smoke <laughs> up your ass because I don't particularly like you. I wouldn't have even said it. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly, that, you know, the, the reason we get on is because we're quite similar in a way where you're a lot more technical than I am. Whilst you might not say you are, you've been in the industry a lot longer, you've learned more, you know more. And I know how much value I've brought to the table with this much knowledge on selling services. So I can only imagine how much benefit you're bringing with having that experience. And for everyone I speak to who's got a cybersecurity firm, they're all lost on a route to market. 
So first of all, I will put a link in at the end in the comments um, through to allow list for anyone to have a look at because I would thoroughly recommend it. Anyway, that's my sales. We need to discuss commission, actually, if I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep telling me about the year's plans. Sorry, I got yeah. lost on the tangent. So, yeah. Cyberbrew is one of the main things that we're going to be doing, which is, um, as I said, if anybody wants to get involved, anyone wants to be interviewed or anything like that, reach out to me. Um, I'm fairly friendly most of the time. Um, the next thing is we are looking to create an actual marketplace, like a buy now function on allow list, where people will be able to go and purchase um, things which don't necessarily need a deeper understanding or scoping of work. Um, so that's we're, we're doing a lot of work on the back end, and by we, I mean Stuart and Adam, because they are far smarter at that stuff than I am. Um, and then. In October this year, we're going to be doing our very first cybersecurity conference in Leeds. Oh, that's um, exciting. Tell me yeah, about that. So it's going to be slightly different to other ones, or we're trying to make it that way. We're going to have a limited amount of vendors um, or exhibitors, um, if you want to call um, whichever you want to call them, where there's going to be one limited to each thing. So, you know, we've got a company there for penetration testing, security testing. No one else is going to be there for that. Um, you know, that's going to be their thing. Um, so we want to have um, eight, eight of those. We may spread it to 10, seeing how it's going. At the moment, it's just been open to allow list members, but we are going to open it to others. Um, each one get, is going to be doing a little 15 minute, um, potentially 20 minute educational speaking slots is what we're calling it. So it's not going to be salesy. So it's not going to be, you know, we're a penetration testing company. Here's why we're the best. It's more, right, what is penetration testing? How does it differ from vulnerability scanning? And, you know, why you should look at potentially doing both? You know, it's, it's taking that approach to it. Instead. So it's giving it's giving advice on the subjects rather than people doing sales pitches. Yeah, exactly. And then um, we're going to be uh, we're going to be getting some uh, different speakers in as well. I'm currently trying to work on um, something which is slightly outside of the IT industry. In that I'm trying to get a strongman, professional strongman world <laughs> world level to come do a talk. Yeah, we want to get comedians on there, and then we're going to do a cyber brew after dark. Um, as well, or after hours, um, where it's just going to be the bar open, a bit of networking and stuff as well. Um, everyone who attends it is a paid for thing, so you know everyone's actually going to be invested. So there's going to be on the like-minded people there. Um, we've got a fantastic venue in Leeds called Aspire. Um, there's going to be lunch involved. There's refreshments and stuff. There's going to be little goodie bags, um, and yeah, it's, it's going to be a room full of people within the industry, both uh, you know from the vendor point of view and user point of view and things as well. But then also just outside of that, um, uh, you know, it might be business owners as well. I was going to say to avoid, avoid any confusion, are you going to get business owners along? Because I think, yeah, yeah, we, I think we've, that's, we've that's where the real, that the real benefit or lies for these people. Yeah, we've already got some that are really expressed an interest in coming because it's because it, it's more educational than anything. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a good day. We're aiming for around about 300 people attending. Um, 250 to 300. We've got a venue big enough, so they've got to come. <laughs> is, there, is there lunch? Is there lunch? Yeah, yeah, yeah food's lovely. on. That's another I'm reason in. we need all the people. Yeah. Another reason we need the people there. Otherwise, I am going to eat way too much because being from Yorkshire, yeah. I prepared for the food, I'm eating it. I'm get, so. I can get to you in about three hours, 20 minutes. I'll bring the light bulbs we were talking about earlier and I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> um, before, so, um, yeah. so that, that's, that's at the end of the year. So that, that's going to be a really good event. Um, we've got some good things lined up for that as well. As well as just growing the allow list, uh, allow list community and uh, brand, and you know, trying to help customers and help vendors at the same time. 
I mean, I, no, I normally talk about um, how to, people to break into the cybersecurity industry, and I normally ask the question at the end of these, what would your advice be? But I'm going to change that today because I know for a fact there are many, many cybersecurity business owners watching this this live stream. What would your advice be to, uh, say, someone who'd worked in the industry for a long time and were then going to embark on their own business venture? What would your bit of advice be to them? Mine, mine doesn't necessarily just fit in with the cyber industry. It's anything. If you're looking to start a business, you need to understand what, why you're wanting to do it. You need to actually have a proper driver and then understand what, in, in a personal term, what your costs are. So what you need to kind of cover at home as well, because you don't want to fall just absolutely. Is that right? I'm going to go for this. I'm like, oh, balls. I've got no business. I've got nothing coming in because it's not as if you get some work the first day, you get paid day two. It's no. you're probably looking that there's usually about 45 day payment cycle and stuff. Yeah. So it's you need to be able to cover yourself for around about three to four months. But to do that, you need to understand exactly what your outgoings are. But then that's not just going down to right. Oh, we've got food, we've got bills, and we've got a mortgage. It's right. Well, you've also Angular. got fuel. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you've got fuel. You've got clothes that you might need to buy for the children. You might have, um, if you've got kids, obviously. It's it's, uh, it's it's a good exercise to go through. I mean, you're a... Everyone should do it in, anyway. Income, income expenditure exercise is, you know, an absolute no-brainer. And our, yeah. we, do, we do one for different reasons because we're so tight on money at the moment. We're constantly monitoring what we've got so we can allocate what we've got. And... I wish I'd have done that when I had money, I suppose, is yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so you've got to do that. And then it's also, so that's from a personal point. So, right, then work out what your actual business cost going to be. Because yeah. it's not just your salary. You've got your licenses. Um, you've got, you know, you're going to need equipment to set up. You're going to need to go set up a website or something like that. So go get your quotes for that. You're going to need a phone. You're going to need um, to pay for that. Which, quick tip, which my first accountant told me, um, in the early days, just go buy a personal, get a tech out of personal contracts, and all yeah. you need to do is put the business name on the top line. Because personal contracts are far better than business contracts. Absolutely, yeah, <laughs> I completely agree. That the business contracts were an absolute ripoff. Um, I sold mobile phones years ago, and the contracts have got no better. They're still really, really restricted now. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's, it's look at all those little things, and don't go worrying about things, especially now. Don't go looking for things like business cards. I've got a drawer full of the ones that we had made, which I really, really like, but because of the, um, you know, the, the whole COVID situation, nobody wants business cards anymore. So make a nice collage, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's I think it's things that people just look at is like QR codes, like, you know, with Allowless, we've gone and used that and we can see that people do actually use them um, because they're appearing everywhere as well. They are slightly, uh, you know, I, I think they're slightly more engaging, a bit more interesting and stuff as well. Um, you know, and as I said, with marketing, don't believe anyone that says you're going to, they're going to guarantee you ROI and stuff as well. It's not, um, it's something that's very, very important if you need to invest in, but in the early stages, it's going to more come down to who you know, not what you know, in the very early stages as well. Just being completely honest, it is, you need to build up connections and build up that network to be able to get the most and actually be successful. It's as I think, as that. I think that the crucial bit as well as the first word you used at the start, which is work out what your drivers are and that you've got drivers to do it because I if you do very, it to make money, you're going to do it you, for the wrong reason. Well, I, I built a business to make money um, and I blew it up. Yeah. You know, I, I made millions and I blew it all up because I was doing it for the money. And that's the difference is having that purpose, that that reason, raison d'etre, if you want to say it in a awful French accent. Yeah, if, you, if you do it for the right reasons, in the long run, you'll make the money as it is anyway. 
And my, the, the only other thing I'd say is I've wasted a lot of time doing stuff I'm no good at when I've had my own business. And, and admittedly, in the early days of the company, there's stuff that you have to do because you haven't got the budget for it. But my biggest bit of advice would be to sacrifice money you earn by paying for professional services that you can't do yourself because that is something that hardly anyone does. And that, for me, is the key to success because we're not all good at everything. You know, I'm only good at sales. You're good at people and sales and probably more stuff than I am because you've got a smart bike. But, you know, techie people are good at techie stuff. When it comes to setting up the business, take the advice of people who know what they're doing, but watch out for the sharks because there's loads of them. And you don't need to spend a fortune on it. But again, it's back to who you know. Use referrals. Don't use sales funnels to buy your, your accountant services or your logo designer yeah. or anything. Find out who's had it done before. Speak to people. You know, that's the way to find out who's good, my opinion. Yeah, yeah exactly that. I mean, if you've, if you've got someone who's been in there, you know, who you think, right, because what you'll find is people who want to set up on their own, they've also been inspired by someone else who has done it yeah. as well. So it's speak to that person because in the nicest way, if you set up a business and it's going fairly well, which like mine is, you like talking about it. You're proud yeah. of what you've done. There's, there's nothing people like more than talking about their own success. And you're not one of them, actually, Lee. I could sit here and name a few who do constantly talk about their own success on LinkedIn and also constantly blow smoke up each other's asses. But we're not going to get into that today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, reach, out, reach out to the people who actually, you know, who have given you that little bit of a drive, you know, you know, because they will be happy. They'll be happy to offer advice. Um, especially because, I mean, within cybersecurity, let's be honest, the market is huge. There's, yeah. there's enough of, there's enough of the pie to kind of go around. There is. So yeah. it's, it's well, I, I, I've helped other people who have looked at doing what I, what I do. And I'm like, yeah, I'll help you. We don't all yeah. know the same people. We're not going to step on each other's toes. I mean, you, you've, you've been, you've reached out and helped me loads over the last few months throughout my journey, not through any reason to benefit yourself. You know, you've had to put up with talking to a middle-aged graying man on a number of occasions <laughs> who's moaned about his own situation but it, it's also learning from people as well isn't it you know i've learned absolutely stacks from you i've learned stacks from people like tom mckenzie from ranked right you know who again is 17 years, 17 years younger than me as well like most people is in this industry but again it's not about age does not bring experience necessarily or relative experience and also just because you've been in an industry for 20 years doesn't mean you're any good at it um well the thing is as well with cyber security is it moves at such a pace now it does yes yeah. like, I, you know you said i got more experience the fact is half the shit at the beginning is completely irrelevant because technology's yep. moved so far anyway standards have changed uh, regulations have changed it doesn't really matter and that and that's going back to the drivers and i said this on yesterday's show the fact that i spend an hour a day trying to keep up with kind of what's going on in the industry from a threat point of view from a response point of view and i'm not even selling services i'm doing it because i'm talking to people and i need to know what i'm a little bit about what i'm talking about so if you're yeah. getting into this industry just for the money it's stupid there's easier ways i think than cyber security perhaps yeah <laughs> it's easy being completely honest it is a very good industry to be in because it is i mean it is i mean I, I made the choice two years ago either painter and decorator or um pen tester and i failed on both but i have ended up 
<laughs> I have ended up kind of working in the industry. And the most important thing for me is I have got a genuine interest in it. I know I'm never going to be a techie because I'm not a techie. But I do know that I find it absolutely fascinating. And that for me is what keeps me involved with it, I think. Um, I never had that with financial services. Or does anyone, maybe? I don't know. Um, you clearly didn't with accountancy. And yeah. I understand that. My, my dad was, a, my adopted father was an accountant. And my mother was a solicitor. So the winter evenings used to fly by around my house as a child, as you can imagine. <laughs> but anyway, I'm digressing again. Lee, thank you so much for your time. Um, have you got any last words that you want to get across before we wrap up? Um, from my point of view is if we're doing it on the business side is just do things for the right reason. And actually, that's not even the business. That's just life. That, that, <laughs> just do things for the right reason. If, if you're doing it, if everything you go into it is always selfish, you, you're going to burn too many bridges. You may do all right at the beginning, but it's just going to end up uh, an absolute shower for you. And, and so excuse you, my French as well, but you also turn into a complete prick. Um, and, and I can say that because I used to be a complete prick when I spent my life chasing money many years ago. Don't even say it, Lee. Just don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it's back to that, your driver, isn't it? And what you do it for. My driver used to be shiny shit. My driver now is spending quality time with my family and being appreciative for everything that I've got. And that's the difference, I think. Um, yeah. on that on that emotional note i'm going to wrap things <laughs> up and say lee Perfect. thank you so much please no, if you've enjoyed it like and subscribe i'm going to drop a link to allow list and your cybersec in the comments on the youtube channel i'll also do a quick promo for this on linkedin as well lee you've been amazing thanks ever so much for your time everyone thanks for watching see you later subscribe to allow list as well <laughs> and subscribe to me now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll stick that in the comments as well. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, guys.